Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. It is so good to have you here this morning. And again, in case we haven't met, my name is Brandon. My wife and I uh, are the campus pastors here on this particular campus. And on behalf of Pastors Gidlin and Debbie, again, just want to say welcome to church and thank you so much for being here. It really is our heart. And it really is our desire that every time we gather, kind of like I prayed a moment ago, that we would leave here with more than just information. Information's good, but we need more than information. And we leave here with more than just inspiration. Inspiration's good, but that wears off. We, we desire revelation. We desire that as we gather together that God would pull back the curtains, if you will. He would open our eyes to see things that we've never seen before. And he would speak to us personally and individually. We would leave here differently, not because of a church service. I don't know if you've noticed there's a lot of people that go to church services that it doesn't do them very good. We, we need more than just religious gatherings. We need a touch from heaven. And so my prayer this morning is that we would have a posture and heart to say, God, more than we need the sermon, more than we need the sir, God, we need you. And so we're believing, expecting, we're going to leave here God having spoken to us and God having met with us. Because here's the reality, wherever you are today, one word from God can change your whole life. One word from God. I love the story. Peter, an expert fisherman, a professional fisherman, he's fishing all night long and he catches nothing. Sounds like every fishing trip I've ever went on, which is why I hate fishing. He caught nothing. And Jesus goes, hey, let, let's push out a little bit. He's like, Jesus, we like all night long, we, we, we were fishing, we caught nothing. Nevertheless, because you're Jesus, we're trying to be honorable, but let, 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 let's go out. The, the, the Messiah wants to do a little fishing. And the Bible says, he said in one word to cast their net right here. And as they did, they caught more fish the boat was even able to handle. I love the story because it reminds me that wherever you are today, truly one word from God could set you free. One word from God can change your whole existence. One, the word of God is so powerful. And so we're believing today that we're gonna, we're gonna encounter God through his word. Can I get an amen? If you have a Bible this morning, go with me to Mark chapter 16. If you don't have a Bible, not a big deal. Uh, the scripture will be on the screen today for you to follow along. And also, if you came in today, you probably noticed we have workbooks. Uh, if you have a workbook, you can follow along somewhat today through, through our, our lesson. Uh, but we are concluding today a series that we have been in for the last number of weeks. And by number of weeks, I do mean number of weeks. This is the 12th week in the sermon series that we have been on uh, to carry us really through this entire fall season. And we've been in the series that we've entitled Living an Empowered Life. Living an Empowered Life. And we've been talking about the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, in case you are here this morning and it is your first time, or maybe you've just been a little bit inconsistent, you're wondering to yourself, why? Should I care about the power and the person of the Holy Spirit? Why should I have any desire? Why should I have any, any care, or any concern to lean in to the person and the power of the Holy Spirit? I will tell you just in one simple answer, because you and I are desperate for him. I, I, don't, I don't know if you've ever experienced this before, but we, we can understand and we can know some things from the scripture, but in our own ability we do not have the ability to fully live them out. 
we, we can understand and we can hear from a preacher or from a devotional or maybe even from an experience we had with God, the calling, the purpose, the plan of God that is on our life. But apart from him, we do not have the ability to live that out. This is why Jesus said, hey, I'm, I'm sending you the promise of my spirit. And by the way, he is not a feeling. He's not goosebumps down the back of your neck. He's not a vibe. He is not just, you know, a moment or a, he is a person. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. He is the one who filled and empowered Jesus for three years as he did ministry on the earth and set in motion a ministry that would change the globe. And he is the one whom Jesus said, wait for him. Acts chapter one, verse, verse four, verse eight, we can go back and forth, but he speaks to his disciples and goes, guys, there's a calling, there's a purpose, there's a plan that I have for you and you're to go. Before you go, you wait because you need the gift of the Holy Spirit. You, you need the one who, who will come and he will be like me with you. Remember Jesus said this, he said, you're sad and you're sorrowful because I'm going away. By the way, like I would be too. We've been walking for three years with the Messiah the one who walks on water, the one who raises the dead, the one who preaches and teaches in a way that our hearts burn within us. We've given our whole life to follow you and you're going, yes, we're sad. He, he, he said, but nevertheless, I'm telling you, it is better. I know it's hard for us to really understand that in, in, in their position, having walked with Jesus in physical form for three years. But he said, this is, this is better. It's better for you that I go away because when I go away, I'm gonna send to you my spirit and he will come and he will be in you like I have been with you. And he will be your comforter. He will be your counselor. He'll be the one that will lead and guide you into all truth. He'll be the one that opens your eyes and gives you revelation to things. He's gonna be the one that gives you wisdom. He's gonna be the one that comes alongside you and reminds you when you need to be reminded. He's gonna be the one that empowers you, not just for living, but empowers you to be used by me. You need my spirit. And in case you're still wondering, why we should care about this. Can I, can I just uh, speak to maybe the very selfish part of, of you and I, the part that's really concerned about things like, well, yeah, but what about like my joy and my happiness? And can I tell you there is no greater joy and no greater fulfillment than fulfilling that which God has created you for. J Jesus said in, in, in John chapter four, he said, my food, the thing that fills and nourishes me, my food. It's to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. There is no greater joy or sense of fulfillment in life. Money can't touch it. Achievement, accomplishment can't touch it. Material things, experience, great vacations can't touch it. There's nothing more fulfilling and satisfying than laying your head on the pillow at night, knowing that you are walking in the purpose the plan that God has for you. And my friends, it is only through the gift of the Holy Spirit that we can know what it is that God has for us and we can walk in what it is that God has for us. Living an empowered life, no matter who you are, it matters. It's a big deal. And so we've been in this series talking about the person, the power of the Holy Spirit. And as you can imagine, this is our 12th week 
And so time does not permit me today to recap everything we've talked about. Uh, I don't have one with me, but I would encourage you, uh, if you haven't been with us, you can go to our, our Next Step desk and you can pick up all of our workbooks. We have all three workbooks available. We've done this series in three different iterations. We talked about in workbook number one, uh, the person of the Holy Spirit. Why do we need him? What does he come to do in our life? What role does he play in our life? Uh, we talked about in workbook number two, the, the, the power, the baptism in the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. What does it mean to speak in tongues? Why do I need, why should I desire to speak in tongues? And then in workbook number three, the one that we're concluding today, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit Spirit's demonstration of power. And so it's where we're going to go to and we're going to conclude today. Mark chapter 16. Uh, what I'm going to do this morning is I'm going to read Mark chapter 16 verses 15 through 18 and we're going to read it slowly, uh, somewhat methodically, and I'm going to use this text rather than reviewing and then reading. I'm going to use this text to catch us all up and then we'll jump into the material for today. So Mark chapter 16, starting in verse 15, these are the red letters, aka the words of Jesus in your Bible. And it says this, New King James Version, Mark 16, verse 15. And he said to them, them being his disciples, which speaks to you and I today, because if you've given your life to Jesus, then, then he's speaking to you. We are his disciples. And so the Bible says, and he said to them or said to you and I, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We talked about in the first number of weeks of, of this particular workbook, the reality that every single one of us, we have been called by God to go into our world. The reality is you might not be called to Africa. Maybe you are, maybe you're not. You might not be called to, to South America, but you are called to your world. And when the, when the Bible says go into uh, all the world, what, what it speaks to is you going into all of your world. The classroom that you sit in every day, whether you're a teacher or a student, uh, the dance studio that you go to and whether you're an instructor or a student, uh, the soccer field that you play on, the business that you are a part of, the workplace that you go to, whether it's on Zoom or in the office, the Walmart that you shop at, the gym that you, wherever you go, that is your world. Jesus says, make no mistake about it, I'm calling you to your world. He says, go into all of your world and preach. That word preach we talked about, it doesn't mean to stand on the corner with the bullhorn saying, turn or burn. Like, I don't know about you, but I've never been encouraged by that guy. When, when I used to have more free time and we did things like go to sporting events, I always thought about that guy on the corner, like, who are you helping? I hope you go home feeling better because I don't think anybody else is going home feeling better because of you screaming at us, turn or burn. We'd rather you just turn and go home, sir. That'd be more beneficial for all of us. But it's not what it means though. The word preach just means proclaim. It means to go into your world and you proclaim the truth of God's word. He says, you go into all of your world and you proclaim the gospel. The gospel is the good news. In case you've heard otherwise, let me just tell you this morning, the gospel is good news. It's not bad news. The gospel is not a message of condemnation. It's not a message of guilt. It is not a message of you better get your stuff together or else the gospel is good news. The gospel is the reality that Jesus has come, that God so loved the world, he sent his son that whoever would put faith and trust in him because of what he has done, not what you've done 
because of his perfection, not yours. Because his ability to live and fulfill all of God's ways, not yours. In him, we have forgiveness of our sins. In him, we have reconciled relationship with God. In him, we are considered righteous and right with God. And the gospel is not only that Jesus has come to forgive us of our sins, but the gospel is this, that Jesus has come to turn us away from our sins. See, the gospel is good news, but it is good news like our culture doesn't really like to hear it. Because the good news is not that Jesus has come to give everybody a get-out-of-jail-free card. The good news is that while we have an enemy who desires to steal, kill, and destroy, we have a God who so loves us that he gave us the gift of his son to give us not only salvation through his finished work, but to give us the ways to walk in. The the book of Acts, I believe it's the, the first couple chapters Peter is preaching and Peter says, Jesus came to bless every one of us. And that's where everyone in American Christianity is like, yes and amen. The blessing of God is on me. But we got to keep reading because the Bible says he came to bless us in turning us away from our sins. That part of how Jesus blesses our life is by correcting us. Part of how Jesus blesses our life is by revealing to us sin and the error in ourselves. Part of how Jesus blesses us is by putting roadblocks up sometimes so we cannot pass go until he works on an area of our heart that needs to be. He blesses us through his word, through his ways, through turning us away from our, from our sins. Thus, the Bible says that we're called to not just go preach the good news that God loves us and God forgives us of our sins, but that there is a way that brings life and health and healing and wholeness and joy and fulfillment. And it is not just in turning to him, but rather it is in following him as Lord. Have you ever considered that Romans chapter 10, so that anyone who believes in their heart and confesses him as Lord, not savior. we, We all want a savior, but not all of us want a Lord. But whoever would believe in their heart and confess him as Lord would be saved. Mark chapter 16, he says, so go into all the world and preach the good news to every creature. And he who believes will be baptized, will be saved, and he who does not believe will be condemned. And here's what we've been talking about in this last section. And Jesus says, and these signs, we have defined the word signs this way, that signs are the supernatural demonstration of God's power that authenticate the word of God. Now, here's something, if you haven't been with us, that you got to put in your pocket and just know, I promise you it's going to make sense in, in, a, in a minute or matter in a minute. But signs are always, someone say always. Signs are always supernatural, but they're not always spectacular. Signs are always supernatural, but they're not always spectacular. What we've been talking about is how in the Bible, what we really find when it comes to signs is that sometimes signs are immediate And sometimes signs are noticeable. I don't know about you, but that's the kind of signs that I would love to see all the time. But other times signs, they are not immediate. They happen progressively and they're they're more subtle. And Jesus says, regardless, my promise is that these signs, these demonstrations of power that authenticate my word will follow those who believe. And here's the signs we've been talking about. That in my name, they will cast out demons. We've talked about how we have spiritual authority. 
We don't like to talk about this because it's not warm and fuzzy, but the reality is that we do have an enemy who seeks to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I said it a few weeks ago, I'm not the guy that thinks there's a devil behind every door. Sometimes your car breaks down because you haven't put oil in it in seven years. That's not the devil, that's you. But, but we do have an enemy who seeks to steal, kill, and destroy. First Peter 5, 8 says this, be sober. Parents, be sober, be aware. Husbands and wives, be sober, be aware. Young people, be sober, be aware that we have an adversary who he's looking for every opportunity. You ever met someone that loves to talk more than they listen? Don't you dare point your finger at me. But, but my son gets it honest. My son loves to talk. I, I told Jenny the other day, he's either gonna be a preacher or a lawyer or some sort of like performer because that boy, he loves the sound of his own voice. He will talk and talk and he, he's always just looking. He's looking for not opportunity to listen. He's looking for opportunity to talk. The Bible says the enemy, he's looking. He's looking for every opportunity to devour your life. He's looking for every place that you're gonna give him an open door. He's looking for every window you leave cracked. He's, he's looking for every area that you go, that's ah, not a big deal. He's looking for every not a big deal to devour. Be sober, be aware for your adversary. He, seek, he roams about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. There's an enemy, but we talked about how the Bible's given us, uh, the Bible says we've been given in Christ authority over every work of the enemy to cast it out. We talked about last week, uh, the second sign Pastor Gil preached on that uh, in my name, they will cast out demons and they will speak with new tongues. We talked about last week how we've been given the gift of a prayer language and the gift of our prayer language, it is for the purpose of prayer and praise. It's for the purpose of intercession. It's for the purpose of uh, rebuking the enemy. When we don't have words to say, thank Jesus, the Holy Spirit, he prays through us. Can I get an amen? And so we, we've been talking about these signs. And today, as we conclude in our series, we're talking about these last three signs. And um, what, what I'd like to do is, again, to, to continue to read this text a little bit slower than normal and, and to kind of lay each of them out before we get there. And then I'm gonna give you the points and, and, and I'll kind of preach it the rest of the way home. So uh, verse 18, the last three signs, Jesus says, and they will take up serpents. I don't know if you've ever been on YouTube or anyone's ever sent you some like weird videos of, churches somewhere that are like handling snakes and, you know, like messing with rattlers. And uh, just in case you're wondering, that is not this church. This is not the cue for Pastor Spencer to go in the back closet and bring the snakes out. Some of you are like, I knew it, man. The whole series, I'm like, something doesn't feel right. It was not that church. When Jesus says they will handle serpents, that word serpents, it does refer to literal snakes, but he's speaking to a very real danger that was present in that day. Uh, be, because their, 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 their culture or society maybe wasn't um, as developed as ours is today. A very real threat, a very real danger that they faced, it was things like serpents, uh, especially as he was uh, commanding them to go and to, to be taking the gospel to everyone everywhere. There was a real threat and a real danger, uh, especially traveling on roads, go, going into to villages and towns where, where you could be bitten by something like a snake and it could take your life. We have example of this in the book of Acts. I don't know if you remember the story, but Paul he goes uh, to an island, not on purpose, but by way of shipwreck. 
And by way of shipwreck, he finds himself on an island. And the Bible says he goes to, to grab a piece of wood for the fire and a snake comes out, out of the pile, bites his hand. And the whole village is looking at him like, this dude, he, he's an evil man, apparently. This man escaped the shipwreck, but he could not escape God's judgment. This dude is going down. And they're kind of just like watching. Have you ever, I know you don't admit it, but have you ever just been like waiting and watching for someone to mess up? You're like, this is, this is a bad idea. Some of you, it's like, that was my husband putting up Christmas lights. This is a bad, you can't stack four ladders. That's a bad idea. I'm waiting for injury to happen. They're just waiting. The Bible says that quickly, what turned, uh, what, what was them thinking he was an evil man, it turned to them thinking he was a God because the snake bit him. They knew you're toast, man. But the Bible goes, Paul shook it off and he kept moving. And what this speaks to, we'll, we'll talk about it in a moment, but it speaks to this reality that, that we have protection. Jesus says, these signs will follow those who in my name are living on mission. I will protect them. Secondly, it says this, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. It speaks to this reality that, that Jesus promises us preservation of life. I'll read it to you from the workbook. If you're taking, or if you have the workbook, I believe it's page 47. But Pastor Gil writes this, and I wanna read it to you directly from the workbook because the way he said it, I think is better than I can say it. Pastor Gil writes this. Again, it's important to remember that Jesus was speaking to followers whom he was sending out into the world. Catch that. He's speaking to you and I for he is sending us out into the world. To fulfill this assignment, they would, would be required to eat foods that their digestive tracts had never processed before. Furthermore, some of their journeys into pagan lands would require them to eat foods they previously considered to be dirty or unclean or worse, the food itself might actually be unclean, contaminated by bacteria, parasites, and some other form of, of contaminant. Understanding this assures us that Jesus was not encouraging his disciples or us to deliberately ingest poison nor abandon cautionary practices when venturing into foreign regions. Rather, he was guaranteeing them and us another facet of divine protection for those taking the gospel to the world. That understood, do not shy away from opposition to spread God's word beyond your home base. I love the, the, the way that Pastor Gil wrote it because Pastor Gil reminds you and I that he, he's not talking about throwing caution to the wind. This is not some weird teaching or weird theology that goes, hey, we got the Holy Ghost, we walking in faith, let's go home and drink Drano and just see what happens. That, that would be, that's a no-no. Drano is a no-no, okay? What, but, but rather what he's speaking to is this reality that we live in a world that there, there is threat and there is danger all over the place. But for those who are in covenant with him, those who are on assignment, he promises preservation of life. And thirdly, uh, Jesus continues and he says, and they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Jesus promises you and I the signs, the authentication of his word through the supernatural power of God, protection, preservation, and the guarantee of healing in his name. And, and I'd like to, for the next just few, few minutes, speak from those subjects. Number one, if you're taking notes, uh, write, write this down if you will. Uh, simply write this down, that we've been given a guarantee or a covenant of protection. Number one, you can write that down in your notes, that we've been given a guarantee of protection from danger. 
can, can I remind you this morning that every single one of us have been called by God to be used by God? I know, I, I know we just reviewed it, but let me just reiterate it, that you have been called to go into your world. You have been called to go into your sphere of influence, your world. Yet oftentimes what limits us and what stops us is fear. I, I don't know if you, if you can relate, but there are times that we want to do something, we want to say something, we want to be used by God, but fear grips us. Anybody besides for me by show of hands, you've ever been gripped or stopped from doing something or saying something because of fear. I know I can't be the only one in this place that fear has, has stopped you before. But what we have to remember is that it's not only physical, but in every way, we have a covenant and a guarantee of God's protection. The Bible says this in Isaiah 54, 17, uh, the, the, the author is writing and he says this, speaking to the covenant we would have in Christ, Isaiah 54, 17, it says that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. Listen to this. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. The, the Bible speaks to the reality that you and I have no need to fear. You and I have no need to walk in fear in any area of our life for the Bible promises that no weapon formed against our life shall prosper. And not only we've been given a guarantee of protection, but number, number two, you can write this down, that we've been given a covenant and a promise of preservation in this world. If you don't mind, go with me to Psalm chapter 91. I wanna read you a couple of passages that I think really speak to this and help us to be reminded of God's covenant. Psalm 91 verse one says this, that he who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. Pause right there. The Bible says the person who makes the decision to dwell, to live, in the secret place of the Most High, who says, God, my decision is to every day come to you and to put my life under your, your covering. God, I put my life under your covering through first of all, acknowledging that I need you, but second of all, walking in your word and walking in your ways and asking you to lead me. The person who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I love the psalmist says this, I will say of the Lord. Can I ask you a question this morning? Who, who are you saying is your refuge? Who are you saying is your hiding place? Who are you saying is the one that protects and preserves your life? Because who you are saying is your refuge says a lot about where your refuge actually is. And the Bible says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge. He is my fortress. And he is my God in whom I will trust. I love this. Go to verse five. We're skipping over a couple of verses for time's sake. But verse five says this, you shall not be afraid of the terror by night nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. Listen to this, I love this. A thousand may fall at your side. Just, I, I know we're all smart people here, but this table is by my side. It's close to me. I'm currently touching this table. It's in proximity to me. This verse says a thousand may fall at your side, 
10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not even come near you. I don't know. Seemed pretty close to me. Like literally seemed like it was within, like the Bible was, no, no, no. There are things that can be happening all around you, but it hasn't even come close to you because God has placed over and around you a hedge of protection and preservation. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Listen to this, only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Brandon, why is it so important that we realize on the way? Someone say on the way. Why is it so important that we realize that on the way we have a covenant with God, that these signs, these supernatural demonstrations of power will follow our life, that God will protect us. Why is it important that we know that? I'll tell you why. Because there's a lot of reasons right now to not say yes to Jesus. I would venture to say there's a lot of reasons in this room I'd venture to say you got a lot of reasons in your pocket right now. You haven't told anybody, but it's the way you rationalize to yourself. You're currently not saying yes to the call of God that's on your life. Oh, we, oh, oh, we, we have reasons upon reasons upon reasons. Well, you know, Brandon, this is just not really a good time right now, you know, to really be invested financially into God's kingdom. I, like, I totally believe, you know, the Bible says that we're supposed to give and stuff, but it's not really a good time right now to be invested financially in kingdom endeavors. I, I, can't, I can't afford right now to be tithing and giving offering because you know, the economy and things that are happening, I gotta, I gotta make sure I'm, I'm preserving myself be, because we've forgotten covenants that we have with God, like where the Bible says that he shall supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. That God actually wants to use the things he's given to you the resources you have, whether it be financially or it is a gift or God wants to use the resources he's given you for the purpose of souls saved and disciples made. The purpose of seeing his church built, his kingdom advance, but oh, we got all the reasons in the world why we just can't use our resources right now because we've forgotten that no, we are not the preservers of ourselves. God is. He is the one who shall meet all of our needs according to his riches and glory. He's the one that says, seek first my kingdom and my righteousness and all these things. What things, Jesus? All the things that you're worried and anxious about, you're losing all these things. He says, I will freely and generously add to you as you seek first my kingdom. It's not really a good time, Brandon, to really be bold about my faith, you know? Culture we live in, the climate we live in, Man, I, I could get canceled or worse, I could lose my job. Have we forgotten stories like, like, like Daniel? Do you guys remember Daniel? Remember Daniel who, who was sold into Babylonian captivity, a godless nation? And yet the Bible says, Daniel, he determined within himself to not defile himself. He determined within himself to stay strong in the ways of God. What happened to Daniel? You go read the book of Daniel. Daniel just kept on getting promoted and pushed forward and pushed onward. Why? Because God is looking for people. Hear me this morning, church. God is looking for people to use. He's looking for people that on the way he can fill with his power, that on the way he can fill with his wisdom, that on the way he can fill 
with understanding that on his, the way that he can use, God is looking for people who will be bold, who will stand and say, God, I have a covenant of protection and preservation. I'm, I'm not gonna worry or fear. I'm gonna stand strong and confident in what you've called me to. Remember Daniel, he was in the lion's den. People literally conspiring against him because of his God honoring worship. And what did God do? God shut the mouths of the lion and used it as occasion to prove himself that he is God and he is the only God and to push Daniel forward. Remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who, who found themselves spending an afternoon in the fiery furnace? The Bible says the, the fiery furnace that was so hot, the people that even put them in were toast, literally and metaphorically. They, they were gone. Yet Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out not even smelling like smoke. Why? Because God is looking for people to use and push forward. We have all the reasons in the world why it's not a good time to say yes to Jesus. We have all the reasons in the world why we just need to keep on keeping on building the American dream that's been, that's been imprinted upon our heart. My friends, it is time for the church to wake up. It is time for us to say, God, we have a world to reach and we wanna be used by you. And we can go in strength and boldness and confidence because you promised these signs, these supernatural demonstrations of power would follow our life, that you would protect us from anything the, evil, the, the enemy means for evil, that you would preserve us in our being from anything that would cause us harm. Number three, you can write this down. Thirdly, that, that we would find healing in his name. Healing in his name. Mark chapter 16, verse 18. I'll read it one more time. The Bible says, and they will take up serpents and they will drink, uh, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. They will recover. They will. Can, can we just say it together? Can you just say they will recover? They, one of the things that Pastor Gill has been just so unapologetically upfront about is that his goal in this series is not for us to get smarter. We, we, we've talked about it before, but there's a lot of things that we know that we're not actually living in or applying to our life. His goal is not for us to get smarter. His goal was that we would begin to engage the things of God at another level. His goal is that we'd recognize that we are the ambassadors of God in our world and God has called us and he wants to use us. And part, part of the reason we, we've talked about signs and wonders the way that we have are because for, for many people, they've been taught or they've been led to believe that signs are always spectacular. Signs are always miraculous and instantaneous. And what did you see that? But we've talked about the signs, signs of the way that we have because for many people, they've just said, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not doing that stuff, man. Like, I don't know if you've ever faced this before. I'll just be honest and say, I have that I wanna pray for someone or I wanna share with someone or I wanna put myself out there. But the first thing I think is, oh, what if it doesn't work? You ever felt this before? Oh, Lord, I, I wanna pray for this person, but oh man, how embarrassing. If like we say amen and we open our eyes and they still have the sniffles, that'd be embarrassing. Oh Lord, I wanna share my faith, but what if, what if I'm like, hey man, I was praying for you the other day. I know it's weird because like people don't pray for each other like that, but I just wanted to know, like, do you wanna hear about the gospel? And they're like, no, go away. Can't be so in, 
And so, so be, because we had a misunderstanding that signs are always spectacular, instantaneous, we've, we've lost our confidence, haven't we? I'm not. I'm, I'm not putting myself out there, bro. No way. I, I'm not trying to look stupid in front of. But it's important that we realize that signs... While they are always supernatural, they're not always spectacular. And while sometimes they are instantaneous and noticeable, oftentimes they're subtle and they happen over a period of time. You, 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 do, you do realize, right, that the entire Old Testament was written to, to give us further insight in, into the covenant we now have with Jesus. So let's just take, take for, for instance, the, the children of Israel entering into the promised land. And, and, and stories like that where they, they entered into a promise that God had given them progressively. Do, do you remember uh, Jacob where the Bible says this, that God, he, he began to prosper Jacob and then he continued to prosper him until he was very prosperous? The Bible does not say that Jacob woke up and he hit the lottery. The Bible does not say that Jacob went from rags to riches. No, the Bible says God, he, he just began to put his hand on Jacob's life and he began to prosper Jacob. And he continued to prosper him until he became very prosperous. Can I just say, I, I think there's someone in here this morning that needs to hear that, that you are underestimating what God is doing in your life right now. You're underestimating the progress you're making right now. You're underestimating the significance of what God is doing because God has his hand on you and he has begun to transform you and he will continue to transform you until you've been transformed into the perfect image of Jesus. There's something you're believing for finances and you, you don't see it, but God, he's beginning to work on your heart. He's beginning to prosper you. He'll continue to prosper you. God is a progressive God. And while he, yes, does supernatural miracles, God so often works subtly and progressively in our life be, be, because it, it requires us to have faith to keep walking with him. Had you repeat the, this line, and they will begin to recover be, because you, you can use the workbook, but if you go to the workbook, you'll find that these, these Greek words, what, what, what they really mean in the original translation is they what they really mean is that you will lay hands on the sick and they will begin to feel well until they are well, that they will subtly and progressively begin to, to recover. Last Sunday morning, we, we were about to come to church. That's actually not true. We were not about to come to church. My entire household was sleeping, except for myself and my four-year-old Graham. Why is it, by the way, if you know, please email me or text me or come talk to me. Why did kids wake up so early? Like, why, why does God do that to us? The Bible says God gives his beloved rest but he's given me children to wake up early. So do that math. Um, but, but Graham was up super early and um, he, he had an ear infection last week. And so he's sitting on the couch like this. Don't, don't judge us. He came to our room and we're like, nah, bro, we love you. But I can't sleep with in my ear all night. You got to go back to your room, man. We'll, we'll, we'll pray for you and tuck you back in, but you're not, you can't sleep in here. But he's sitting on the couch. I'm about to leave. All right, buddy, don't wake anybody up. I'm... And the Holy Spirit just kind of nudged me. Go lay your hands on that boy and pray for him. We, 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 we'd been praying for him, but 
I just, hey, buddy, buddy, can I pray for you? All right, I'm gonna take that as a yes. I'm gonna pray for you. You don't have a choice in this. So I laid my hands on him and I just prayed for him. And, and I love it. We said in Jesus' name, amen. Kids are awesome. Because in Jesus' name, amen, he goes, but I'm still sniffy. I know, buddy. So I got down on one knee and I said, Graham, here's something I, I want to teach you. you gotta, we got to remember this. That prayer, it's kind of like medicine sometimes. Did you know how, how you, you take some medicine and it starts making you feel better? Says, yeah. It's a prayer. It's kind of like medicine. That Jesus promised us in our Bibles that by his stripes, we are he promised us that. And, and so, buddy, we prayed, and the Bible says if we pray, that Jesus will heal us. But sometimes, buddy, is like medicine. Here's what I want you to do. Every time today you, you feel sniffy, I want you to say, thank you, Jesus, that I'm healed. So would you just, just say that? Thank you, Jesus, that I'm And we said it together a couple times. Why? Because I, I want to teach my kids God is a healer. God does not just heal physically, my, my, my friends. God, he heals in every way. Physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, relationally. We serve a God who is a healer. Do not allow anyone to convince you otherwise. The Bible says that Jesus, he has given us a promise that by his stripes, we are healed. And Jesus said, if you will lay hands on the sick, they will recover. Yeah, but, that, but that's not, but it didn't happen right away. Well, that's okay because that's actually not what the Bible said. Does God do supernatural instantaneous miracles? Absolutely he does. Can we pray and in our hearts say, oh God, he, yes. But my friends, we need faith and confidence for the journey. We need faith and confidence so that when we, when we open our eyes and our marriage still feels a little sniffy, and our body still feels a little sniffy that we, we don't lose heart, but we have confidence to go, no, thank you, Lord, for healing. But I, 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 here's what the Bible says, freely you've received, therefore freely give. I think a lot of us, we don't lay hands on people and we don't pray for people and we don't put ourselves out to be used by God to, or to minister to people because we've yet to receive ministry ourselves. Jesus said, you cannot give what you have not received. Can I tell you, yes, the Bible says lay hands on the sick and they will recover. But the Bible also says that we should have hands laid on us that we may recover. The Bible says in James chapter five, verse 14, is anyone among you sick? Let, let, let me translate it for us today. Does anyone among you have a need? Has anyone among you actually not had a great Thanksgiving because you've been arguing with your spouse and things just aren't well. Is anyone among you really, really broken and tired and wore out emotionally or mentally or in your soul because life is hard? Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Have you received ministry? We all have needs, don't we? We all have needs, but not all of us are willing to, to bring our needs to the right place. Oh, we, 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 we bring our needs to, 
to frustration. We bring our needs to just venting. We, but do we bring our needs to the right place? I was anyone have you, among you have a need? They, they should go to brothers and sisters in Christ, to the elders. They should go and get hands laid on them and receive in Jesus' name ministry and healing. Can, can, can I just sum maybe a lot of what we talked about in the last 12 weeks up and just kind of one thought? Freely you receive, so freely you can give. Brandon, how am I used by God to reach people? I think it starts with letting God reach you. God, Brandon, how do I be used by God to encourage? I think it starts with letting God encourage you. What has God done in your life? What are you allowing God to do in you? Because the Bible goes freely, you've received freely. Give. Paul writes to Romans and he says, listen guys, as much as is in me, I'm ready to be poured out. And I just wonder say, if there's anyone in here who has a need. Anyone who's in here who goes, I'm actually like, yeah, I wanna be used by God but I also really need God to do some stuff in me. By the way, needing God to do stuff in your life, it's actually a perfect qualification to be used by God. Because what is the most basic definition of leadership or leading people? Hey man, follow me. And oftentimes we're used by God in the greatest way when we recognize our need for him and we just make a decision to, to pursue him to go after him, to run to him, and anyone who God will allow us to, we grab their hand and we bring them with us. Man, that's, I really hate to hear that you're going through that. That's really tough. I, I don't really have you know, the solution. I wish I did, but man, can I just say I can relate? Because I have actually gone, been going through the same thing. I actually just went through that last year and oh, God was so good. God met me right there. Hey, do you think that maybe we could just pray and I could pray for you and we could just together. See, we have to receive from him. We receive from him through this gift we have of the Holy Spirit. Would you close your eyes and bow your head and allow for me to pray for you and pray for us as we conclude this series. God, today, as we conclude a very, very large series that had so much information and so much to learn and to understand, Father, I pray that in a supernatural but a significant way that you would just seal it in our hearts. We thank you this morning, Lord, for the gift of your Holy Spirit. We thank you this morning, Lord Jesus, for the gift of the Holy Spirit that has come. Holy Spirit, that you've come to be our comforter and our counselor, to be our source of wisdom and strength and encouragement and confidence. You've come to empower and to fill our life and to supernaturally demonstrate yourself powerful and faithful as we say yes to Jesus. So I pray today in Jesus' name that for anyone and everyone who's under the sound of my voice, that we would be freshly stirred up to the reality that we need you, the reality that you're available to us, and the reality that you want to use us. And I pray today that God, you would stir us up freshly to want to be used by you to reach our world. And that we would go so, go, go so, with, without fear, but in confidence. If you're our protector, you're our preserver, and you are the one who heals and ministers both to us and through us. In Jesus' name. 
Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.